You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. Welcome. So glad to have you. This is Theology for the Rest of Us, and I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from the great metropolis of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thanks for stopping by to listen to this episode of the podcast. So glad to have you. This is episode 255, and in this episode, I'm going to be answering the question, how do old earth creationists reconcile the idea of animal death before the fall? This is a question that comes up quite frequently whenever young earthers and old earthers are having debates about the fall of man and how that reconciles with the age and origins of the earth. So one of the things that frequently comes up is a debate between old earth creationists and young earth creationists. And so the young earth peoples would say Genesis chapter 6 is um, is, 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 a, is a a passage of scripture that we should approach with the strictest and most literal interpretation. And the earth is young. The earth is only 6,000 years old or 8,000 years old. And God made the world in and everything in it in a literal six-day period, a literal six-solar day period, and that we have to approach Genesis chapter 1 with that ideology and, and that hermeneutic. Um, there are others that would say, no, Genesis 1 is a little bit fuzzier. It maybe has some, some allowance for a different hermeneutic, a different interpretation that would, that would reconcile with uh, some of the scientific record that would lead us to believe the earth is really old. So the old earth creationists would say, God did it. God still created everything, but he did it over a, lo- a much longer period of time. Let's say millions and millions of years old. Um, some would say a little less than that. Some would say a little more, but generally millions and millions of years. And that God created everything over a long period of time. And that therefore the earth is, is indeed old and it reckons and you can reconcile that with Genesis 1 because Genesis 1 may not mean a literal six solar days and there are different interpretations of that and I've covered that in previous episodes so I won't rehash that here but if you're someone that holds to a young earth you're typically going to say well you know God created everything perfect and good and the animals are created and there were no animals dying. There was no such thing as death until the fall. Adam sins. Death enters the world. And then things start dying. Things like animals and plants and, of course, humans. Um, that is the kind of the, the typical young earth view. There may be some some nuances to that and different people that have different sub views. But in gen- generally speaking, that's how most people who would say they are young earthers uh, would would. That's how they would articulate that. Now, if you are a old earth person, you're saying the earth is millions of millions of years old or, or longer, um, that would then put you in a position where you are embracing the scientific record. You're embracing elements of science and bits of evidence from the, from the world of, of science and the scientific community that would lead you to believe that there have been animals living and dying on earth long before the fall of man. And that would be based upon 
mostly the the fossil the, the fossil records. Excuse me, I can't talk today. <laughs> Primarily based on the fossil records that we would uh, that we would find, um, and so that that would seemingly, you know, if if you believe that there was no death before the fall, then obviously that's a problem for the old earther who says animals were dying. So so people ask, how does the old earther reconcile uh, animal death? Before the fall, if death entered through the fall, how are things dying before the fall? Well, I think the answer to that is somewhat simple. I don't mean to be condescending or flippant, but but I think it's relatively simple. And that is, is that I think sometimes, particularly my young earth friends, I'm not advocating for either side. I'm not campaigning or championing for either side. I'm just kind of just articulating what, I, what, what I've assessed, what I've observed, Um the, the 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 staunch young earthers would say um, Genesis makes it clear to us that death entered th- through Adam, and I don't I don't know that that's actually clear in the scripture. When you actually read through Genesis one, Genesis two, that's that's not nearly as clear as people make it out to be. I just encourage you, go ahead and read it. You actually, if if you don't make that assumption going in, there's nothing in the text that would actually lead you to believe that. I, I you could actually say you know maybe there was animal death going on for a long period of time. There was no human death going on. I want to make that clear. But there very very well may have been at, uh, uh, animal death. Now, sometimes people go to Romans chapter 5, where the Apostle Paul is talking about death entering through Adam. And I, I think there's a way to interpret that to believe that there was no death at all. No, no animal death, no sentient death, no, no death of any kind ever entered into you know, the world before Adam sinned. But, but Paul isn't clearly saying that either. I mean, you can interpret it to mean that, but, but if you go back and read it, I'd encourage you to do so. Go to read Romans 5. It's, it's not nearly as clear as people might make it out to be. In fact, it, it, it might allude to that, but it doesn't really quite directly say that. And I think you gotta, you got to do a little bit of hermeneutical gymnastics to kind of get there. So, so it could mean that there was no death of any kind, including animal death, but it may just mean no no human death, and that may not necessarily include the creatures that we call that we call animals. And so, I think assuming there was no death of any kind before the fall, while that is a possible interpretation, I I'm not so sure that the scripture actually says that. I think Romans five seemingly could be merely referring to only human death, and there's actually some evidence in the passage itself in Romans five that I think would actually lead us to believe it was only referring to humans. Paul is specifically speaking about sin reaching all peoples, like all the people groups, and that how all peoples, each and every person, within all the people groups of the world are, are descendant from Adam. We were all in Adam, and when he sins, all of humanity sins. Therefore, all groups of people, all nationalities, all ethnic groups ha, you know, are impacted by sin, and each and every single person that lives in those people groups are, are impacted by sin and are and are imputed with the guilt of Adam, right? It means it's it's put on them. In the same way, Paul's making the, the point of Romans 5, that in the same way that sin impacted everyone, in the same way, the offer of salvation in Christ will also impact all peoples. All people groups eventually will will have an opportunity to be impacted by the gospel, and each and every single person in those people groups, when they hear the gospel, can be saved if they respond to the work of the Holy Spirit with faith. 
That's the point Paul's making there. And so it seems like Paul's making the point that just as death came to humans, so will salvation come to humans. Well, salvation we know is not coming to animals in the same way they're coming to humans. So there's there's an there's an element of the the comparison that Paul's making there that would lead us to believe that maybe maybe death comes to animals differently than it can, comes to humans. Salvation doesn't come to animals the same way it comes to humans. Jesus did not die or atone for the sins of animals on the cross, if if you could even say that animals have sin. I'm not even sure that's an appropriate terminology to use. But but if they even did have sin, that the atonement of Christ at the cross doesn't doesn't atone for those sins. He doesn't pay for the sins of animals. He's only paying for the sins of humans. So Paul's making the point in Romans 5 that just as death entered the world through Adam, in the same way, life will be coming or salvation will be coming through the second Adam, the better Adam. That's Jesus. If the offer of salvation is not offered to animals as it is to humans, then then as we look at the passage, it would lead us to believe that maybe that death and the guilt of sin doesn't get imputed to animals in the same way it did to humans. Like, I, I, the, the point is, I don't think Romans 5 is saying that there was no death before the fall of man, but I think it's just saying that there was no human death before the fall of, of man. You know, the, the idea that there, there was animal death before the fall would be at odds with the scripture if the scripture said there was no death before the fall or that all death entered through Adam. But I don't think that's actually what the scripture is saying. And as I look at Romans 5, I don't think the I don't think that that, that is at odds with any of these concepts or doctrines. Like the idea that maybe there were animals on planet Earth that died before humans even showed up on the scene, or that animals lived and died before the fall of mankind does not seem to be at odds with any of the concepts or doctrines that are asserted in in the book of Romans or or anywhere else in the scripture. Again, there would be lots of theologians that would be wrong because lots of theologians hold to this idea. In addition to that, it is important to note there there is scientific evidence in the scientific record that there are fossils that would lead us to believe that there were animals living and dying long before humans sinned. Um, so either, there's one of two things, either God created the world in the literal six days, you know, the literal six solar days, and he created it with some fossils in the earth already that look like they've been there for millions of years, even though they, they haven't. That's one interpretation. Or the earth is old and animals have been living and dying long before, uh, long before the humans sinned. I, I think that's, I think that that seems to be the most realistic understanding. But again, it's possible that God created everything in a literal six days, that the earth is only 6,000 years old. And at the very onset, when God created everything, he put a bunch of fossils in the ground, which makes the earth look older than it actually is. That's definitely a possibility. I don't think that's my position, but definitely a possibility. Let me just make very clear that I do believe in a literal Adam, and I do believe any person who claims to be a Christian who does not believe in a literal Adam instantly begins to, uh, you begin to undo elements of the gospel. Like, the little, Adam was a literal person. He was an actual human. I talked about this in episode 251. That's in Genesis chapter 3. That is very clear in Genesis 3, very clear in Genesis and uh, Romans 5. Everywhere in the scripture where Adam is alluded to, he's alluded to as a historical figure. Um... And humans were not failing toward death 
in, until the fall of man. When Adam and Eve were created, they were not created, you know, with with, with uh, you know with with a body that was frail that was going to then fail towards death. It was not the case. But they sinned, and that moment, human death enters the scene. They they are cursed. Um, death, disease, calamity, tragedy come rushing in, and they they then had a fall in nature. And every human ever since, born of Adam and Eve also have that same fallen nature. All of us are born with this sinful fallen nature, and all of us need Jesus to rescue us. Now, when Adam and Eve sinned, all of creation was impacted by this. All of creation was cursed by this, and and was and now calamity and tragedy and brokenness com- comes flooding into the world and impacts all of creation, including the animal kingdom. The, the, the animals and the creatures were impacted by our sin, no doubt. But it, exactly in what ways were they impacted? That's not super clear in the scriptures. And, and, it, and there's nothing in the scriptures that would lead us to believe that animals started dying at the same time that humans started dying. That is, after the fall of mankind. There, there is no doubt that Adam and Eve were real humans that sinned, and their sin impacted the animal kingdom, but exactly how that happened and what happened is not entirely clear in the scripture at all. I think it's possible to hold to either one of these different perspectives. I think it's possible to hold to different views and have different opinions and still have a very high view of scripture. I think it's possible to believe in an old earth, to believe that Genesis 1 may have some elements to it that would lead us to not take it in the most strictest literal sense. I think you can hold to that. I think you can believe that animals were living and dying for millions of years and still hold to the inerrancy of Scripture. I, I think I think you can hold to an old earth view and, and not have your fidelity to the Scriptures questioned and not have your orthodoxy questioned called into question. I believe you can hold to any one of these views and still have the right to call yourself an Orthodox Christian, an evangelical with a very high view of Scripture, primarily the authority and inerrancy of the Scripture. Anyway, I, I think the I think the science record leads us to believe that animals have been around a long time, longer than humans, living and dying. Again, either God created the world with those fossil records already in place or the, the earth maybe is a little bit older, or, or a lot older than maybe what some evangelicals would, would assert. In either case, I hope we can have charity toward one another. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Hope this has been helpful and insightful. If you have a question or a topic that you want me to address on a future episode of the show, I'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email. The best address is heyortiz at theologyfortherestofus.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at theologyfortherestofus.com. Or you can find me on Twitter. I love the tweet. I love corresponding with people on Twitter. Find me there. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H O-R-T-I-Z. Thanks again for listening. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us.